So it is Tuesday again. Yes. We love that. Um, we are going to be recapping a panel that I was a part of a couple of weeks ago that was hosted by a local real estate agent. Um, she does them every month, so we'll tag her in this video and you guys can check her out later. Um, but I have the list of the official questions, so we're going to go back through these because I feel like there was a lot of great information that we were able to kind of take away from the panel, and then we can kind of add our little bits and pieces in as we go because the theme of her panel this month was surviving the market which I think is a really important topic for a lot of people right now because I'm seeing things on Facebook and questions about side hustles and is it going to change and what should I do and um, I think that I think that this can be helpful for a lot of people so now remind me, was one of the women on the panel a broker in charge? Yes, Donna Sinte okay. is a broker in charge. She is wonderful. She's been in the business forever and is a wealth of knowledge. So the first question that they started off with was asking um, Donna, who is the broker, who is a broker in charge, is the current what is the state of the current market? And do you remember what she said? So I don't think I was here for that question yet. I got there a little late because my GPS took me to a grocery store. Oh, so that's right. Um. <laughs> uh, so Donna <laughs> laughed and said, I would say that it is interesting. <laughs> and everybody laughed because it's true, right? And it, it it's changing. It's balancing. It's, it's not, I don't really like the word shift um, because it's, it's just coming back to a normal market. And I shared um, at that point that my first listing was on the market for 111 days before we went under contract. And now I have a listing that's just under 60 days. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is taking so long? You know what I mean? So right. um, it's just come, it's been a crazy couple of years with things like just moving so rapidly. And now with the interest rates the way that they are, they're just, buyers are being a little pickier, a little choosier. They're taking their time. They're doing their due diligence. They're asking for repairs and all of those things. And I think that sellers are a little off put by that because they haven't had to do it in the last couple of years. They haven't had to give concessions or home warranties or things like that. So there's a lot more back and forth. And I've seen a lot more properties coming back on the market when they go under contract than I have in the last couple of years. So it's, it's interesting to see. And I think that it was a good choice of word to say that it's, it's interesting. Um, and just another point to be like, you have to be in your market. You have to know what's going on to be able to answer the questions, to be able to show some expertise and guide your, your clients, buyers or sellers in what's happening. I would say like, if I had been asked this question, I would have said it's unpredictable. And that's what I'm telling my clients right now because we could price it perfectly. I have two listings right now that when we listed them, the comps were what they're priced at. And now I'm like, we've got to make some changes. But then I'm also seeing houses that are like my sale. We closed it in October. Um, looking at my calendar of closings. Um, it was two days. And it was multiple cash offers at over a million dollars and I know it was priced right because the none of the offers went over asking but it's like that's not what I would expect like when we're hearing about interest rates and all these things and people are like houses are slowing down 
some of them are but then there's this weird like every once in a while poof it's still gone in a day and i'm like i i can't tell you what or why that right. there's no way like i'm in this market every day every day and there's no rhyme or reason to why some houses in the neighborhood are priced at the highest and it's gone today and then your your house in the neighborhood is not much different but we have it priced at the lower end and it's sitting like i don't i don't know why i don't it's an interesting phenomenon it keeps us on our toes it does very much so like and you're right i'm in my market every day looking at mls to see, okay, what's happening around those listings that aren't moving? What do we need to do? What's some creative ways to get this thing sold? Because I know my clients don't want to sit there. Neither of them are in a rush, but I also am like, I don't want to sit there for forever. Like they don't want to sit there for forever. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting and unpredictable market right now. Interesting sure. and unpredictable. I like that. Um Jackie was asked uh, what specific challenges is she seeing in this market compared to more favorable conditions? Um, but so more favorable conditions, I think they were meaning like interest rates, I guess, and maybe inventory as well, because I don't mind the negotiation. I don't mind the conversations because I feel like more people are actually getting a better quality, a better deal, and more of what they want. Um, besides having, you know, a seven or eight percent interest rate, of course. But we're actually able to come back to the seller if I was a buyer's agent and say, "Hey, I would like like you to fix X, Y, and Z." Yep. And there be a conversation there, not like, "No, sorry, we have three backup offers, so take it or leave it." Um, so I guess, like, favorable conditions are depending on what side you're on are coming back like they're they are happening right now well and i just want to look up like i'm pulling up the stats right now on what just in general so for the we'll go with october of 2023 the report just came out of what like what our days on market and stuff are compared to last year. Mm -hmm. So talking about inventory, we're actually down by 2.6% of new listings. Pending sales are up. So that shows me they're staying on the market a little longer. Um, closed sales prices have dropped by 13.5%. But where's days on market? So 2022, we're actually not that far off. Days on market until sale in 2022 for October was 28. For 2023, it was 32. Mm -hmm. So it's so, not too bad. We, so no. we're coming into this time of year, though, where it's going to slow down anyways. And the interesting thing that you said about the sales price, now you're looking at the overall MLS, right? Yeah, I just pulled up the Charlotte region. Yeah, yeah. So those are, of course, and that's why it's so important to be inside your hyper-local market, right? Because Catawba County looks completely different. Lincoln County, Gaston County, like all of those places, they all have very different numbers. Um, and the other thing that I'm hearing is they're like, oh, well, if you pull up the, like a quick CMA or a hot sheet, right? And it'll show like the percentage, like a uh, list to close, right? But... The one thing that it doesn't show is or take into account is price drops. So if you're seeing, yeah, like 
all of the houses are closing for an average of 98 or 99% of list price, you have to still dig into that a little bit more and take a peek at how many price reductions those properties had. Because, and that was also a question on the panel was, um, how do you determine the correct price in this market? Yeah. And it is so tricky because like you just said, you can be priced correctly based on surrounding comps, recent sales, the state of the property, all of those things can be correct. And no rhyme or reason, it can just sit Mm -hmm. and sit and sit. And then you're doing a price reduction. And then the surrounding properties that are still sitting are also doing price reductions. And now the comps that had you at 315 are now at 299, 285, because they just keep dumping the price. Um, So it's a conversation that you have to have with your clients up front say like you said it's unpredictable what is correct today might not be where we need to be in three weeks so here's here's my strategy here's my plan for you moving forward yep yeah because i just pulled up so i pulled the stats for my county like narrowed it down a little bit and we really haven't changed that much since last year last year we had two months of inventory this year we have 2.2 um listing price or list new listings month like comparing October to October there's only 39 more um which Gaston County is a pretty big county so Mm -hmm. days on market one day difference so yeah but so it is leveling out because the year before we saw it going like crazy now it's like okay it's if it's the same stabilizing we are stabilizing stabilizing we love a stable market. So, okay. So one of the other questions, one of my favorites from this, let me pull this sheet back up. Um, and then I think I've, ha- I've experienced this week. Um, you heard about this and we've kind of been talking because if y'all don't know, Brennan and I are real estate besties outside of real estate. We talk about real estate all the time. Everything. And one of the things that has been an issue, I think for both of us, with other agents is the sheer lack of communication or the poor communication. So one of the questions was, can you share an example of a tough market situation where effective communication was crucial? That was one of my favorites because like knowing what I'm going through, like I literally had someone just blindly send me an offer from dot loop with all of their agency documents attached to it. And I was like, and then just text me, offer sent, like, please confirm receipt. And I was like, hi, my name's Alyssa. It's nice to meet you. Who are you? Right. Um, and then they did, they, they ended up terminating, which is fine. But even like our, our review of offers and going back and forth, like I sent them this lovely email saying, hey, we'd love to counter your offer. Didn't hear from them. Sent a text in the morning to say, hey, just want to let you know we did send this. Can you confirm receipt? Nothing. Didn't confirm it. A week and a half later, hi, we sent an updated offer. What? Hi, nice, nice to talk to you. And then four days later, you, I, you have a termination. Please confirm receipt. That is all I heard from this client or from this agent. Like, so do you remember what Donna's answer was to this question or what you, how your answer was? Because that was kind of a conversational one. It was a conversational one. Um, she just said that 
uh, and she's a broker in charge and she does, you know, the complaints with the commission and handles all of that stuff. And she said that communication is one of the biggest complaints that they see at the commission. And you can understand why, because I mean, you and I have both had situations where it just makes the transaction more difficult if you're trying to hold together two sides um, of a purchase with no backup information. Um, I had one recently I, t- I told Alyssa about that the buyer's agent was actually out of the country for closing, which is which is fine. Right. But, I did a closing from San Diego a couple weeks ago. Right, it happens. But nobody knew about it. So the attorney is actually one of the, they don't hold keys, right? They don't hold on to the keys to, to uh, disperse at closing. So it's between the agents to make sure that the keys are taken care of. So I had reached out to see where she was going to be, whatever. We were planning on closing, being recorded around one or two. Where are you going to be at? How can I meet you? Et cetera. I never heard anything back. Um, so I ended up taking an old lockbox that I don't use anymore. And I put one key in it, right? And put it on the house with the seller's permission. And then right. we had the rest of the keys locked in the house. <clears throat> and after recording, I still hadn't heard from the agent. And I didn't at that point know that she was out of the country. And the buyers actually reached out to me and were like, everything's signed. Now what? And I was like, oh, Lord. So explained about recording and that sort of thing. And then once it was recorded, they were like, okay, now what? Right? We own the house, but we don't have the keys. And our agent is gone. Um, And it was so funny because they're like, she'll be back in a few days. If we have to wait, like, no big deal. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. This was the week before Thanksgiving. It was the day before Thanksgiving. It was Wednesday is when we closed on this. So um, I ended up giving, I just gave them the combination to the lockbox that I left at the house because there was a key in it. The rest of the keys are in the house. It was more chaos and stress for them in that moment because there wasn't a plan. Right. They didn't have any idea how they were going to get into the house, when they were going to be able to get into the house or anything like that. So if there had just been like the week before, hey, I'm actually going to be out of town for the holiday. However, however it needs to be, we are a team. And that's something else that we talked about on the panel is both, both agents are ultimately working towards the same goal. We want to get to the closing table, whether it's for our seller or for our buyer. So if we can work together as a team, it's only going to make both clients happier because it's going to be seamless and easy People hire us, and I think a lot of agents forget this, to make this, not only because we're experts in the field, but to make this easier for them. Mm-hmm. Let's like think about it. Technically, do you have to have a dentist to clean your teeth? Nope. You could go buy all the tools and try and figure it out. But we, we pay for dental work, right? Like we go get our teeth cleaned, some, some of us like me, if you're a little OCD, three to four times a year. Um, we pay lawyers to handle things in court for us. They are paying for a service. Even if they're the buyers and the seller, which is a whole nother conversation, is technically paying that commission out of the proceeds. By the way, that the buyers financed within the sales price, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> you are there to provide a service. And if, 
like I guess we're getting off the topic of communication, but if you're not providing that service and communicate because communication is a huge part of that. That's why real estate agents get in trouble. (laughs) Right. That's why we get in trouble. And that's why people don't like us because if anything, hopefully those clients are now going to be like, oh, Breno was amazing. Our agent left us high and dry. Like communication is part of our responsibility. And if she had literally, if she had just sent you an email that said, Brenna, I have a vacation scheduled the week of this closing. I'm not being able to get them keys. I know. And maybe, you know, in her defense, maybe she didn't know that this closing attorney won't hold keys. Okay. It happens. But she didn't even let, and her clients didn't even know she was out of the country. Like, come on, y'all. Do better. Oh, here's a good one. So they were talking about leveraging your time. And um, Jackie, sorry, I have to sit on my footer. I'm too short. <laughs> they were talking about leveraging your time. And uh, Jackie actually has a, I don't know if she calls her her assistant or her showing agent or how that works, but she is like her extra set of hands, right? Nice. She's licensed. She has handles like the transaction side of it, that kind of thing. Um, and it's made her, she was explaining how that's benefited her, right? Because we're in a business that if you can save 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there, and that adds up into a huge amount of time that whether you're reinvesting that back into your business or having the ability to spend that with friends, family, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, it makes a huge difference. Um, And right now in a, in a tighter market like this, um, I see in in the Facebook groups and stuff too that everybody is just like clamming up, right? We're firing our showing assistant. We're letting the transaction coordinator go. We're going to do it ourselves. Um, We're not sending out Christmas cards this year. Whatever whatever it is that you're like, we're going to save that $50. We're going to save that $700. Ultimately, and we... This was a good discussion back and forth, too, because what that does is it it removes you from people's trains of thought, right? They're not seeing you out in the community. They're not getting that Christmas card from you. It's not a reminder of who you are and what you are. But those people that are, like, shutting down completely and, like, weathering the market, well, then, you know, come spring when things are picking back up, they're starting from scratch, right? They're restarting that campaign. They're redoing marketing. And people who have just consistently done the thing, showed up, been there, are already in front of people. So it's just, I feel like the worst thing that you can do right now is just shelter in place and wait for more inventory. You know what I mean? No, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I've spent more on new marketing things in the last 45 days than I think I have in my entire three years. Um, Like I, they sound cheesy, but I bought 1500 pens that have my name and logo on them. They're going out at the Christmas parade today. Like they're in the baggies. Anytime I have to sign a receipt, I'm leaving a pen. I'm having conversations that I wouldn't have normally had. Like I met I was walking to the gym last night and met a woman from New York and she was like, we hate the apartments. And I was like, yo, call me, knock on my door. Like I live across the street. Um, but 
I've had a friend, I have a friend from college who lives in Alabama now, but he travels to Charlotte for work like a week at a time. And every time he comes into town, we always do stuff. And so I've spent like, I think the not last weekend, but the two weekends prior in a row and a couple nights that week because he was in town, like hanging out with him. And he drove us everywhere. And I was like, ooh, this passenger princess life is nice. And he was like, what are you talking about? I had like my iPad out. I'm making this Facebook posts. I'm catching up with people. I'm doing, I was like, I think I need to hire a driver. Everyone's you need a car that. service. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, I get it. I get why Barbara Corcoran does this. I get why Ryan Serhant does this. Because real estate is lonely, right? You can be alone on an island, but it's a choice because there are so many agents that don't care what firm you're with, what logos on your sign. Nobody cares. If you're a good person and do good business, we want to be friends. We do. We do want to be friends with you. And then the last, um, the very last question that they asked Donna, and it wrapped up the panel, and I think it was a great way to end it, was based on her experience, does she foresee any changes in the market conditions in the near future? And what she said was, the market always changes. And I think that people forget that right now. They're just like, oh, we're stuck in this, this hole, right? But think of, so for even, I've been in the, I've been in the industry for four years, going on five, but four years. And in that four years, I went from having listings that sat for a hundred and something days to listings that didn't even get on the market. Like I was putting signs in the yard and it went active that afternoon and we had 10 offers on the table. I went from waiting to not waiting for anything at all. And back to a skills versus speed market, right? We are having to put some effort in. We're having to guide and nurture and educate these clients, which is what we were supposed to do in the first place. The last couple of years has been exhausting. Exhausting. So the market always changes. It's from early 2000s, from 1990. It is changed. You can see it. You go back. It comes up it goes down it comes up it goes down it's going to change it's going to change again and again and again and again and the point is in this industry we have to pivot (laughs) we have to be flexible in our marketing in our education of clients in our willingness to learn so that's our little recap on there um we're all going to make it like we're going to make it through this if you want to make it through this you're only going to be better on the other side so the next few months are going to be a little dry, but there's no reason for you to to run and hide from it. It's just it's just real estate. This market's going to either expose you or define you, right? So if you're somebody who just came in for the last year and a half, really, quote, easy money. And I don't know any yeah. the times I see that it's easy real estate, it's easy money. I'm like, I twitchy. Huh? What? When? It's cool, though, that it's going to either expose you for who you are and that you can't, like, you're not in the business in the business, or it's going to define you and make you stand out to everybody that, yes, this is somebody that I can do business with. She's stuck it out. She's successful. He's successful. Whatever the case may be. Um, But we'll see you guys next week, Tuesday. Um, It's the last 
the last month of the year. So let's wrap this one up strong. All right. See you next week.